guys. We've got a fantastic guest on the CEO podcast today. We've got Patricia Porter, who's got such an amazing background going from the US State Senate to starting her own fantastic AI uh, platform. So Patricia, thank you so much for being on. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to our discussion. Yeah, we've today. got so much information to absorb from your uh, your journey and your story. So let's kick off by telling us a little bit about Whisker and Paw and, and how you got there. Okay, excellent. So Whisker and Paw is a cloud-based software for veterinarians. Uh, we base all of our technology on Google Assistant, so we automate a lot of the diagnosis process as well as the billing processes all in one comprehensive um, electronic medical record system. And that's pretty revolutionary, right? Because there's not many people that can claim to do that right now. <laughs> no, absolutely. And we are patent pending, which is amazing. Uh, being able to come up with a technology, innovate after discovery phases, and figure out like really what the challenges are in veterinary clinics. It's been an amazing process, but to know that we could actually create something that hasn't been created before, that's what excites me the most. Yeah, kind of trailblazing in, in that area that really hasn't seen, well, I'm not an expert in that area, but <laughs> I haven't seen much tech development in that space. So for you guys to come along and develop something like this is, is pretty amazing. So let's rewind and go back to your history because, okay. you know, as we mentioned, you've got some uh, fantastic experience over in Washington. So do you want to get into that and, and explain how it all kind of started? Yeah, absolutely. So um, right after college, I, I, I majored in political science and I pursued a career in politics. I was very much motivated. My dad, he served 20 years in the United States Navy and I wanted to pursue that route. So I actually got invited, um, well not invited, but I got hired after a very extensive fellowship program through UCLA and they offered me a position on the United States Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs. So I served under Obama's first term and we pushed healthcare reform, everything specific to mental health care for veterans, rural health care, and just giving access to alternative means. And through that, I was able to work with therapy animals um, to help cope with PTSD for our, our nation's veterans. Fast forward a little bit, I moved back to California. Um, I started working for a tech company in LA, then I moved on to IBM Watson, worked with a lot of different AI platforms. And then eventually I, you know, once I finished my MBA or well, I will say mid MBA, I decided I was like, you know, I'm tired of giving my ideas to people. I think it's time to start something myself. <laughs> so then I pursued that route. <laughs> that, that's amazing. So there's a lot to kind of unravel there. So let's start with kind of the IBM Watson, because that, that was kind of the start of the AI integration and, and the love for technology from what I understand. Yes, absolutely. So we know Watson ever since Jeopardy, right? So that was kind of the claim to fame, the, the kind of first robotic, smart, intelligent system that we've seen actually hit media. And then Watson actually pivoted a bit under Ginny. And what they decided to do was to be able to actually expand their offerings to more enterprise offerings. So I worked with the IBM Watson ecosystem, and we helped develop the AI conversation system under Watson Conversation. And we helped build that so that actual consumers could use the AI without having to be a developer. So being able to create that user experience, that interface that would help people engage with AI in a more approachable way was my number one role there. And then from there, you, you went on to work in AI after that, I believe, right? Yes, absolutely. And that was when I actually continued. One of our big clients, I worked with um, a company called GoMoment. 
Um, shout out to Raj Singh. Uh, just uh, we work together very closely. I actually help scale a lot of the client relations around their hotel business. We built chatbots using IBM Watson um, and being able to scale that all throughout Caesars Entertainment, Las Vegas, other big hotel brands like the W Hotels, Marriott. And so that was kind of where I was able to actually put it in practice within an industry. So then you've learned this skill set, which was very forward thinking at the time. You then refined it and, and got some real end user applications from it. And then what made you then switch from that really good corporate job, exciting with some <laughs> brands into creating your own business and, and your own platform effectively? So I worked with a boutique AI company that actually was, you know, served more as a consultancy based out of LA. Uh, we had a healthcare company that now um, I work with very extensively um, in Northern Louisiana and their whole goal was to use technology to aid in the expansion of rural healthcare and cancer treatment for all of the patients that couldn't get access. So that kind of opened up a lot of um, thought processes around you know, back in the day when I was young, working on the hill, I, you know, worked with therapy animals and I wanted to get back into the animal industry. And so to me, I thought this was the best way to apply my skill set, my experience in healthcare, to build something amazing for veterinarians to treat, you know, who I love, but cannot go to the vet at all, to be able to figure out solutions around that. And, you know, it was from day one there. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a fantastic cause, and you know, you you're doing a greater good. So it's always nice when you can make people feel more comfortable by loving their animals and helping them get the right treatment. Exactly. Uh, mixed with AI and technology, which I right. absolutely it's love. Always so, cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's super cool, and it's helping people. So it's the best of both worlds, right? So we really like that. So, what are some of the tips and advice that you would give potential entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs? that you've kind of learned from your experience, both battling to get a fantastic job straight out of college, then learning a skill set, and then applying it into your own business? So stay, stay hungry. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that I have because when you silo yourself and you focus on one thing and you, that you are just that one thing, you don't see the opportunity outside of that. So when you constantly strive and you look at what other opportunities can I expand my skill set? Can I get more education? Because, you know, as cliche it may sound, we are all students of life. So there's things that we can continuously learn. When you have that open perspective, it opens doors to other avenues that you didn't think would exist before. And so with, you know, AI and being introduced to that right out of the Senate, it was kind of like I knew this was an emerging field. I knew it was still very new in terms of, you know, enterprise adoption and just being able to use it, you know, operationally in different companies, but being able to look from a consulting perspective and be able to understand how AI can, you know, promote operational efficiency, you just constantly think outside the box all the time. And it just trained me to always think outside the box. Everything is always discovery and there's always ways to make something work, but to be passionate about it too. Yeah, so I think there's some key points. There's passion, there's openness, there's drive, there's hunger, there's curiosity. There's a, there's a lot of good tools out there. So, uh, so what are some of the struggles that you've had along the way? So I will say that when you're your own founder, you start your own company, yourself is your biggest enemy. So I struggled with starting my own company for multiple years. It wasn't until halfway through my MBA, the first, at the end of the first year, that I was like, 
I really should start my own company. And like, it wasn't until that I started realizing that a lot of fundamental skill sets that business owners have are things that we learn in our day to day jobs. When we apply it to something passionate, you can even do, you know, much more amazing things from that. So with that experience, I was really able to kind of drive forward, but it took a while to build my confidence. It was something that I struggled with a lot until I finally just did it. And then once you did it, you were able to move forward. And what, so was that, what was that tipping point that made you then just do it? There was a really great idea that I had come up with, with, I won't name any names, but it's in major uh, makeup companies now. Uh, we're using their own system of AI was with IBM Watson. Um, but they actually took one of my ideas with facial recognition. And I was just <laughs> in my heart of hearts. I was like, that was the presentation that I gave. And it was something that I offered to the world. You know, I have good ideas. I should just go for it. You know, because having that confidence and someone have that buy-in from a high executive level, you think to yourself, you're like, wow, that was a good idea. I should have so done that myself. Yourself a little more and back yourself, believe in yourself and, right. and trust yourself, right? Absolutely. Wow, that's fantastic. So how did it make you feel then when you saw this idea of Makeup AI go live and you were like, well, I, I should have done that? Well, the idea was really, for me, kind of that tipping point, like you mentioned, because I realized at that point that I have a lot of good ideas that I'm kind of harboring within me. If a large company can, why can't I back my own? So the dollar and the, 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 the dollar amount that you put on yourself is the biggest commitment that you'll ever make. And that's when I doubled down on myself. Yeah, no. I, said, I can do this. <laughs> you absolutely can do this. So I thank that company for giving me the confidence and the courage to move forward. Yeah, that little push in the right direction. Exactly. So as, you, as you have then started and grown your own platform in a SaaS space, which is predominantly tough to kind of penetrate and get into, uh, what steps have you taken to kind of secure funding or get close to getting a good board of advisors and a team around you so they can advise you in the right way? So in technology, oftentimes people look at very highly skilled business, um, business leaders, uh, people that understand technology, you know, developers, other folks that center around solution design. Many of them come from consultancy companies, um, financial backgrounds. The big thing that I've noticed that a lot of tech companies miss is the subject matter experts. So I've built my entire board of directors, my entire team around veterinarians, because this is a product I'm going direct to them. So I need to know how they will receive it on the marketing side, how they will use it on the technology side, and how they will um, manage it in order to help them their own private practices scale, as well as like large conglomerates that oversee a lot of different small clinics around the nation. They need to see those numbers, and those numbers need to speak to them specifically. So I built my board around veterinarians and folks that are within the veterinary industry. And how many people would you advise or recommend to people listening to, to start off with uh to have on the board? I honestly believe that one to two folks are just enough because what you need is people that believe in your product. You want to stay lean and you want to stay skinny in terms of how you're, you know, cause you know, board of directors, they don't just come on, you know, for free. You either give them shares, you give them certain kinds of, um, you know, compensation. What you do is you bring people on board, you the right experts. We interviewed, you know, more to 20 people in Los Angeles and San Diego. And we found, three folks that we thought brought different expertise. One was a veterinarian. Another one was a veterinarian technician. Another one was a clinic owner. 
we felt that between the three of them, they brought a lot of the clinical expertise, the, the business expertise in the mind of like what they need. And we really felt that that was the sweet spot that we needed to be able to scale this product and better understand the need and the challenge. So stay lean. <laughs> Definitely, because it's going to cost you a lot of money, but you know, it will. <laughs> with that money comes wisdom and experience, which is worth its weight in gold as well. Mm -hmm. so as you look to kind of expand and grow both your team internally and the sales physically to new locations, what are some of the key steps that you're, that you're taking to do that? So our main goal is to be able to, A, as cliche, crawl, walk, run. That approach has been um, very powerful because the way that we look at buying groups in the veterinary field is that you have major companies that own several clinics and they're larger brands like BCA and like some other ones that you've seen a lot of, you know, even IDEX and um, different uh, technology companies that have a lot of weight with a lot of these clinics that have high, high revenue, that have high volume in patients and have a lot of um, seniority in the game. So you really want to focus on those pieces so that you can kind of make your way and chip your way into those buying groups. And those buying groups is what we're focusing on. We're dividing our sales team regionally so that we're able to, you know, do the customary enterprise sales, you know, cycles, the tactics, because those sales cycles typically last anywhere six months to a year. So we want to make sure that we're developing that relationship and that we're showing them that we're constantly innovating. We're nimble. We stay flexible. You know, our goal is to improve healthcare, not to, um, you know, create any kind of, you know, unachievable goal, but to allow them to see how it can operate in their clinics. So we're going after buying groups. <laughs> the, it must be really tough though, because getting people to adopt new technology, especially like advanced AI technology requires a lot of education before the sale. So what, what are you guys doing in terms of educating the end user or the buyer before they, they're, they're confident enough to sell, to buy. So working in AI for the last, I would say, <laughs> almost five years, I've learned that storytelling is the best way to describe how AI works. You never describe the code, you never describe how it works technologically, but instead you give them use cases that they can relate to. We've created several storylines of different aggressive cat, your aggressive dog, you have your horse that's in a remote area, and how AI can kind of circumvent some of those challenges that currently exist that everyone knows about. Everyone in the industry knows what challenges they face. We show them how we it, and they say, how does it do that? And it says, you don't have to work that piece. You just have to know that it works. And giving them that ability to have confidence, allow them to run betas, allow them to see it demoed, um, that is the best way to show people and educate them on how AI works. Got it, fantastic. So. Patricia, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to be with us today. How can people get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So feel free to reach out to me at patricia at whiskerandpaw.co or visit our website at www.whiskerandpaw.co. And then we'll link to that right down there. So awesome. if thank you. Online, you can get in contact with Patricia. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you. Have a great day.